This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. All right, this is Mike Smith in for Simi. Let's talk about the Trans Mountain Pipeline now. The fight over this mega project has been raging for years, but now pipeline supporters celebrating after a huge legal victory in the Federal Court of Appeal in a unanimous ruling The court says consultation with First Nations has been adequate. The First Nations opposed to this pipeline do not have a veto over the project. The pipeline gets the green light again. Is that the end of this fight? Do the pipeline opponents now admit defeat? And does the pipe go into the ground now? Or... Does the battle continue? We've assembled a great panel for you on this. Got both sides of it for you. Uh, On the line, Sven Biggs, a climate and energy campaigner with Stand.Earth. I'm very pleased to welcome him back. Hi, Sven. Hey, thanks for having me back, Mike. Thank you for coming on. Also in the studio, Adam Pankratz. He is a full-time lecturer, strategy, and business economic uh, professor at the UBC Souter School of Business. He supports the pipeline. Adam, thank you for coming in. Pleasure to be here, Mike. Appreciate it a lot. Adam, let me go to you first. The court victory for the supporters of this pipeline, is that the end of this now? Is is the fight over, and does this pipe go into the ground now? Well, I can't presume to, to know what the opponents are going to do, um, but I think, you know, yesterday there are three things that are really important. There was clearly a victory for TMX proponents and supporters. Um, it was a validation of the government and its consultation process. And I think it was a great day for Canada demonstrating that we are able to build these large infrastructure projects that are in the national interest and that when we do so, we do them to the higher environment, highest environmental and cultural uh, standards uh, that, that are, are available. And I think if we take a step back to and look at the larger process of TMX, I think it's really important to remember that This has been a a victory, I think, for uh, Indigenous communities, uh, demonstrating that the initial consultation was clearly inadequate and that it needed to be better and and that it had to be redone. And and now that we have uh, clarity from the courts on what constitutes adequate, meaningful and sincere consultation, uh, that's a great thing, reaffirming the rights of Indigenous communities. And it also is, from a business point of view, a really good thing because it provides us with a very clear framework on what it's going to look like for future projects of this nature. Okay, let's go to Sven Biggs. I'm sure he doesn't think it's a very good thing with this court ruling. Sven, your thoughts? Well, clearly we're disappointed with yesterday's ruling. Uh, I think it's important for folks to know that um, another aspect of this case has already been appealed to the Supreme Court, and we're waiting for a ruling from that. And the nations who are involved in the challenge are uh, considering their legal options and are, are, I think, very concerned about yesterday's ruling and and may choose to appeal that decision as well to the Supreme Court. So the, the legal fight around this project is far from over. Okay, do you see, I'm trying to see grounds for an appeal here, because I think one of the things that has struck a lot of people, Sven, about this ruling is just how clear and definitive it is. And I think it, in many ways it's a landmark ruling. When it says, for example, that the case law is clear, Indigenous people can assert their opposition to a project, but they do not have a veto over the project. I mean, isn't that the bottom line, that First Nations can't stop this? Well, I mean, that's, in many cases, if you look at the, the 
ruling yesterday. That's not what First Nations were were asking for a veto. They were asking uh, for some serious changes to be made to the project, whether that's changing the location of the terminal somewhere that's more environmentally appropriate uh, to avoiding First Nations cultural sites like Lightning Rock near the Sumas Terminal or uh, rerouting out of a community's uh, source of drinking water, like in the case of the Coldwater First Nation. Those are legitimate uh, changes to the project that First Nations have asked for, and yesterday's court ruling denies them, and I think there is grounds for appeal there. Adam Pankratz, what do you think of that? Well, I don't think that's entirely accurate. I mean, the the the, the cold water um, drinking water issue that Sven's bringing up, uh, the routing of the pipeline is yet to be determined, and the uh, cold water First Nations are going to have absolutely an opportunity to express the specifics of where they think that should go and make sure that it is not negatively impacting their community. Um, and there are there are certainly some details to be worked out on the exact ruling of the pipeline, but you know, overall. Uh, this pipeline has been supported by all of the 43 First Nations uh, whom the pipeline uh, touches. There have been benefit agreements signed. Uh, Adam, uh, I want to correct you. There's over 150 First Nations that have been impacted. Less than a third of them have signed impact agreements. No, I, that, Many of them are still fighting this project, that, whether they're in the courts or on the land. No, I, I'm referring specifically to the 43 whose land is touched by the um, There's 150 nations and, that are touched yeah, by this well, pipeline. Hang on, hang on, hang on, Sven. So, but in, in the court ruling, I mean, they made it quite clear that there are 120 uh, First Nations that uh, either support or do not oppose. So I think, uh, you know, there is not unanimity in First Nations' yeah. opinion on, on this project, but there is uh, certainly, uh, by all accounts, uh, a large majority who support it and agree that it is uh, a good thing for their communities, that it is a project which is in the natural interest, and it is one that they support and they view as one which brings yeah. jobs and opportunity and money to their communities, and that's Sven, a good thing. Sven Biggs. Well, I mean... One nation cannot agree to a project for another. We wouldn't let uh, the Swiss sign off on a pipeline that went through France and the, you know, Stolo can't sign off on a pipeline that goes through Suelatu's territory or Kwantlen territory. Um, each of those nations needs to give their own consent to this project, and that hasn't happened yet. So I think there is still a very open debate around First Nations consent in this project and... Um, we're going to see a number of nations continue to fight it either through the courts or on the land. And this, I think, issue is only going to continue to heat up, especially if the government tries to build this pipeline while it's still being litigated. I, I just, I, I don't think that's what the courts ruled. I mean, I think they made it quite clear and they, and they said that the, uh, the, the, the consultation and, and consent, it does not mean that the uh, interests of Indigenous peoples are required to prevail. So I think the courts were cl quite clear in that, yeah. that they may still oppose it, but that doesn't mean that the project cannot proceed. Let me, Sven, let me ask you this. You mentioned that First Nations might continue to fight this pipeline in the courts, but also on the land. What is the potential from, from your perspective as kind of a frontline activist fighting this camp, this pipeline? Could we see civil disobedience, people lying down in front of bulldozers, mass arrests? I mean, what are you hearing about the, how determined people are to stop this? Well, I mean, there, there have already been over 300 arrests between the protests that happened in 2018 and 2014 against this project. 
Um, there are folks like the Tiny House Warriors on Slapamek territory that are already preparing to blockade uh, the construction of a man camp in the, their traditional territories. Um, and I hear from other communities up and down the pipeline that they are, are ready to take action if that is required. So I Adam, think Adam, that... Yeah, Adam Pankratz, what do you say to that? Well, I, I, I think that would be disappointing if it happened. I mean, I think the rule of law is a two-way street. And um, if uh, if one side is, is required to follow it, then I, I think it would be disappointing if it came to um, such physical confrontation. So I, I hope that opponents will respect the court's ruling and that they will recognize that there has been adequate and sincere and meaningful consultation uh, and that this project ultimately yeah. is in the natural interest and, and should okay. proceed. Okay, guys, I'll just jump in there. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk more with my guest, Sven Biggs. He's opposed to the Trans Mountain Pipeline. He's with Stand.Earth. Adam Pankratz from UBC. He supports the pipeline. Uh, over to you now and your calls on the open line. What are your thoughts about this big court ruling yesterday on this pipeline? Do you support this pipeline? Or are you opposed to it? 604-280-9898 is the number to jump on board if you want to get involved in our conversation. 604 604- Two eight zero ninety eight ninety eight star ninety eight ninety eight toll free on your cell. This is Mike Smith. More after this. All right, welcome back. This is Mike Smith in for Simi as we continue talking about the Trans Mountain Pipeline and that crucial court decision that came down yesterday from the Federal Court of Appeal. Pipeline supporters celebrating after the High Court uh, gives the project the green light again. But is the fight over? Opponents of the pipeline say the battle's going to continue. My guests are Sven Biggs, Stan.Earth. He's opposed to the pipeline. Adam Pankratz, UBC. He supports it. 604-280-9898 is the number to call. Star 9898, toll free on your cell. Carl on Vancouver Island. Hi. Hi there. How are you? I'm good. Good. Go ahead. You know, uh, it's so frustrating that when the protesters win in court, everybody damn well better listen to the ruling. Yet when they lose, they just simply say they're going to keep on protesting, keep on protesting. And at this point, if you get in the way, the RCMP should be there to pick you up and haul you away. We have gone through every single step that they've asked for, and we've, and we've followed the rule of law, and so now it's time to move forward. You cannot hold a whole country hostage because of your decision not to follow the court's decision. That's all. Okay, Sven, what do you say to him? Well, this is a uh, political as well as legal debate. Um, obviously, the Liberal Party has stepped right into this middle of this by buying the pipeline. They're still a decision maker in this process. Um, there's a long history of peaceful civil disobedience, both in this province to stop projects like Clackwatt Sound and around the world in cases like uh, the civil rights movement in the United States. When people feel that laws are unjust, they sometimes choose to step up and break the law and then face the consequences for those actions. Yeah, but is, I that, mean, that is, are, there, are there any circumstances where Stand.Earth or any of the other groups opposed to this pipeline would turn around and say, yeah, okay, I guess we lost. The courts have made a very clear judgment here and we're going to go away now. Or do you guys just fight to the very end? Well, I mean, uh, we're prepared to, to keep fighting. Um, we're, we look at this as an imperative. Canada can't continue to grow oil and gas sector and its climate emissions we are in a climate crisis and 
there just isn't a way that this project can fit into a sustainable economy. So we have to continue to say no. Bernie and Mission on the open line. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Um, sure. I'm going to ex- uh, excuse me. Uh, um, say I agree completely with the previous caller. Uh, I am very frustrated too with people who you know jump up and down when the court finds in their favor and just basically thumb their nose at the court when it doesn't. Um, but uh, the reason I phoned it, two things: number one, to say I am in favor. I've gone back and forth on this many times. It's not an easy subject, that's for sure. But ultimately, you can't turn the tap off overnight. And it's not just gas and oil for cars that we use uh, petroleum for. Secondly, um, I would be really curious to know if anyone can explain to me where the First Nations seem to get this endless supply of funding for court battles. I'll hang up and listen to your answer. Okay, thank you, Bernie. Uh, Adam, let me go to let me go to you. Uh, your thoughts on where this goes from here? Well, again, I, I can't presume to know how how uh, the, the First Nations are going potentially to pursue this in court to the Supreme Court, uh, which would be the, the last remaining option, or what the protesters are going to do. But I think the previous caller you know, raises a good point about the, the impact and value of this project. Uh, the, the TAPs can't be turned off overnight, and, and they won't be. That's the other thing. Uh, this oil is going to come out of the, of, of the oil sands, and uh, you know, we see that through the Alberta government leasing their 4,400 rail cars. And if it's not coming out through uh, the, the expansion of the TMX pipeline, it's either coming by rail, which is far riskier and far more of a danger to the environment, or it's going to end up in the United States and come out on, on tankers, which are not regulated to our standards either, which are also going to be in in, 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 in around our coastal waters. So I Sven. think... Yeah, Sven Biggs, what do you say to that? Well, I would say, uh, first of all, that um, rail and pipelines are about e- equally risky. They're both bad, and we should oppose both of them. That's not true. Uh, secondly, I would say that... Um, this oil isn't going to make it to market if, if there isn't pipeline capacity. This is about expanding the tar sands. We're not saying turn off the taps tomorrow. Uh, we use oil. We understand that. We're saying we need to stop growing this industry in a climate crisis. It's the largest source of emissions in Canada, the fastest growing source of emissions. We can't allow that to continue to happen. How, how can you say that transporting oil by rail car is equally risky as a pipeline? I mean, isn't it pretty much clear that the data is that pi- pipelines are safer? So the data shows that with pipelines, you get fewer but larger spills. And with rail, you get more spills, uh, but they're smaller in quantity. So it's kind of six of one and half dozen of the other. We've worked to stop both oil by rail projects and pipelines here at Stan. We've stopped over 20 rail terminals up and down the west uh, coast of the United States. Um, and we think they're both bad for communities. Okay. Let's go to Brian in Surrey in the open line. Hi. Hi there. Yes, um, there's a couple things. Just give me, give me one thing, okay? Just give me one thing. Okay, well, there is no climate crisis. And, um, oh, boy. Okay, Adam, do you, what do you think? What about the climate situation, the climate crisis, the climate emergency? What do you say about that? 
No, I, I, I do not agree with that caller. I think we do need to be very conscious of our emissions and, and we should be finding ways to uh, transition to fossil uh, away from fossil fuels. And I'm, I'm fully supportive of that. I think yeah. the argument uh, for the Trans Mountain Pipeline is that that's not going to happen overnight, right? That, that, that the transition away from fossil fuels is likely going to be measured in decades, uh, not years. And, um, and if we're going to have a, a successful Canadian economy that is the most responsible with regards to okay. extraction of oil and, and consult, consultation with Indigenous communities, this is a good project and it Sven, should move ahead. Spend 30 seconds, you get the last word. Pipelines are long-term infrastructure. This isn't about where we get our gas from in 10 years or next year. It's about where our grandkids will be getting their energy from. Uh, the current pipeline has been with us 60 years. The new pipeline would need to run for 30 years to pay itself off. Okay. We've got 10 years, according to the United Nations, to address the climate crisis. It just doesn't fit into the future of Canada's climate. Guys, thanks to both of you for coming on. I really appreciate it. That's Sven Biggs, Stand.Earth, Adam Pankratz from UBC. Didn't get through in the open line. Phone me on the buzz line. Leave me a voicemail there, 604-331-BUZZ.